Amen. If you wonder what the chairs are for, that's in case you misbehave. Amen. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Starting at verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man can see the Lord looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with many tears. For ye are not come unto the mount, that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness, and darkness, and tempest, and the sound of the trumpet, and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned and thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than of Abel. Now if you turn to Hebrews Chapter 6. As you go there, I want to finish the rest of this chapter. In chapter 12. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped who not who refused him, spake on him that spake on the earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. In this word, yet once more signifieth the removing of those things which are shaken, as of things that are made. The things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably, acceptably, acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Now Hebrews 6. Verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to, unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. This will we do if God permits. The title of this morning's message, and it's been a, quite a few years since I preached this, and I want you to know, uh, it's, can you see him? Can you see him? Uh, going out to do the wedding for Zoe and John, we're leaving there and then flying to Yuma, Arizona, and I'll be preaching to pastors at a pastor's conference at Brother Sean's church 
Heritage Baptist Church in Yuma, Arizona. That's the extended time we were going to be gone. And the, the theme for the pastors in the day and age we live is be still and know that I am God. And I was praying about this and decided I was going to preach this message to the pastors. And then as the meetings continued on with Brother Thren here, I cried almost every night. Their new CD, the first song, it's not brand new just because of them. It's not a brand is Behold Him. And God said to me, if you're going to preach it there, don't you think you need to preach it here? So this morning, I need to understand, I'm going to make my prayer and we'll go into the message. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you again for the opportunity to preach your word. We pray now, Father, that we can come apart from the cares of the world. Father, and let your Holy Spirit have his will and his way in our hearts. Help us, Father, not only to listen with our mind, Father, but with our soul and our heart. And help us, Father, to realize you are a great God and we have a great Savior. Lord, just bless this service. There's someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we pray. Today could be the day of salvation for them. Help them to behold the only one who can save their soul and help them to know that he is high and lifted up. Father, for them, if they're not saved on the cross, but for us, he's high and lifted up, seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven for us, interceding. And we pray this morning that you would just work in our hearts. We pray this now, that Father, that you take control of my mind and my mouth, the actions of my hands and feet, and, Father, that Jesus can be glorified. And, Father, that hearts can be changed and sinners converted. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I have a message I've preached before here, and it's on the warfare of prayer. And I take people to Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel chapter 10. And uh, in that, you can see... The warfare of prayer. Again, it's an Old Testament passage, but you see in one moment, you start. Daniel starts praying in the first verse of Daniel chapter 9. And if you read his prayer as you were praying, and it takes about four minutes. And when he gets done praying, Gabriel's there and brings him the answer for that he was praying about. Then chapter 10 starts, and you find Daniel again praying, seeking wisdom for God, because that's the most important thing you can seek from him. He's praying and he wants to understand. And he's in prayer and he's fasting three full weeks. Three full weeks. And finally, the angel comes and tells him, I've come to answer your prayer. And the moment you prayed, I was sent from heaven. But some of the devil's angels, okay, who are principalities, I'm not going to give you all that, you can go read the text, okay, hindered him in his coming to answer Daniel's prayer. So I want you to understand, when you pray, warfare is taking place. Spiritual warfare that you cannot see. Okay? We have even a greater reason to pray than that a battle's being fought over the souls of men, over the, the conditions of nations in this world. We have the privilege of coming before the Creator God of the universe and praying, seeking his face. 
the picture you're going to see this morning, the picture in warfare of prayer, it, it, it's talking about praying humbly and spiritually before God. When we pray from our hearts, okay, because a lot of times we just pray from our heads. All right? And we're not thinking of the words, we're not thinking of the one we're praying to. We're just thinking about the request and the person who gave it. God promises to answer the prayers of a humble heart. Of a humble heart. Okay, and you need to understand, the one who engages in the battle against us all our lives is Satan. In John chapter 12 and verse 31, you don't need to turn there, he's called the prince of this world. He's called the prince and power of the air. He's called the father over the children of pride. Okay, many names for him. He's our adversary. And you need to know something. He is a created being. He's the cherubim that covereth, used to cover the throne of God before his fall. He is the most powerful created being in all the universe. But he's not as powerful as our God. I was listening to Pastor Kinney in the Sunday school hour in my office back there, and I want you to know, so many people get hung up. They don't understand. And we're going to see something. I want you to realize this. Pastor Kinney understands this, knows this. When people say, well, how can God know all thing and allow it to happen? Because you know what? I want you to think about this. God is outside of time. Amen? God created time. It helps us have an understanding. When Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am, He's telling you, just like it was told to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, and this is not my message, He says, tell them that I am, that I am, have sent you. Because He's the ever-existent One. He created time. So the moment of creation is right now to God. The moment of your birth is right now to God. The moment of your death is right now to God. The moment of Christ's second coming is right now to God. We can't fathom that. We don't have to because you know what we are not? We're not God. But we have a God who knows every breath that we take, every thought that we think, every word that we say, every action of our hands and feet, every place that we go and every place that we don't go. He knows. Because He is the I Am. I want you to see the difference between the prince of this world and the Creator God. Satan is so powerful that Michael the archangel, the angel chosen to be the prince of the people of Israel. If you study your Bible, you could find that. He's Israel's prince. And Satan is so powerful that Michael the archangel could not fight him in his own strength. You find in Jude, verse 9, it says basically that he could bring no railing accusation before him, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. If Michael can't face and fight Satan, 
what do I do? What do I do? What can you do? I have too much selfishness. I have too much of my own flesh getting in the way. I can't even fight the lowest of all the devils because there's not just one devil. Okay. You know, when people talk about unclean spirits, they're devils. Some wrong Bibles call them demons. No. You study out what demon is in mythology, that can be good or bad. No, they're all devils. Okay? And he's the king of devils. I can't fight him in my own strength. I can't fight the weakest devil in my own strength. Sin in my life hinders my prayers. Does it yours? Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know what I need? I need God's power to fight for me. I have a problem though. The problem is, if I'm to have that power, I must see God as He is. I cannot see Him with my physical eyes. Can you see Him with your physical eyes? But I must see Him. I must see Him. How many times I cry out? Oh God, help me to see you. I can only see him through faith. With little faith, I have little sight. To see Jesus, he must be lifted up. Jesus said, If I if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me for the unsaved they must see him on the cross as their only payment for sin so if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ is your savior he's your payment for sin and he went to the cross and died but suffered on that cross to bear your sin And you can only come to God the Father, only have a hope in heaven, if you see Jesus as the payment for your sin. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we pray that today could be the day of salvation for you. You must see Jesus lifted up. For the believer, for you and me, for the saved, for the redeemed, for the child of God, He's no longer on the cross. That's why there's, we don't have crucifixes in this church. Because cursed is any man that hangeth on the tree. For the lost, Jesus was cursed for their sin. But He's no longer on the cross. He's already paid for my sin for all eternity. All eternity. To try to keep Him on the cross weakens His work in my life. In your life. It keeps Him separate when He's on the cross from being with the Father. And it's there with the Father that He speaks for me. For there is one God, 
and one mediator between God and man? The man, Christ Jesus. For us, Jesus is no longer on the cross. Amen? Where is He? He's seated on His throne at the right hand of the Father on high. See, He must be lifted up for us. He must be lifted up. But not on the cross. On the throne. The throne in heaven and the throne of your decision maker. The throne of your heart. It is there, when He's on His throne, that He protects you and me from all the attacks of the devil. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. If you want to turn there, you can. But it says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, I'm going before that, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Right? Which is in Christ Jesus. He can protect us there. Nothing. Principalities or powers. They can't keep us from our Father and from the throne room. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians, chapter 1, starting at verse 15. The Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, in the love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye might know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward, who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power in might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under His feet. Whose feet? Jesus. And gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. I want you to start seeing our Savior, not as He was on the cross, but as He is interceding for us. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. You may get more Scripture this morning than you've read all week. I don't know. Oh, by the way, how many of you struggled with the memory verse this week for Sunday school? Man, I've repeated that thing 300 times. I wrote it out a couple of times, and I turn around, I get up there, and the uh, second part kills me. Okay. 
Hebrews chapter 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also, see, by Jesus, he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sin. Now whose power is it speaking of? Jesus' power is God the Son. Purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my Son, this day I have begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirit and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. Go to Hebrews chapter 8. If I'm going to fight this battle that the Christian life is, I need to see him. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched, and not man. Hebrews chapter 4. Sometimes I tell people, I'll pray for you. They're going through a hardship and I'm saying, I'm going to pray for you. You need to pray. You need to come before the throne. You need to seek God for that person or for the other or the situation. Because you need to see Him. If you're going to do it, and you consistently do it, you need to see Jesus. Not on the cross, but on the throne. Verse 14 of Hebrews 4, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So that means this high priest is touched. He's the compassionate Christ. Was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come how? 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 Under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You need to know something. The verses that I'm giving you, they change them in the newer Bibles. And they steal the power of God when they downgrade Jesus. We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. I'd like you all to close your eyes now. Close your eyes.
physical eyes. Keep, you you got to trust me. You got to have faith. You got to keep them closed until I tell you open them. You ready to leave, Jude? You got to keep your eyes closed. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. How must I see him? As he is in heaven, the great I am, the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts. How will I see Him? And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about with paps, with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, and his eyes as white as snow. I mean, his, his head and his hairs were white like wool, and as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like undefined brass, and they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive evermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be thereafter. That's who will fight for me. His eyes as the flame of fire. That's who will fight for me. His mouth is a two-edged sword. That's who will fight for me. That's who will help me to have victory in this life. That is the one I need to see. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness doth he judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. 
and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. With it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the Almighty wrath, or the wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is who will fight for me. This is who will fight for you. See, I must see the Lord Jesus Christ. He will fight for me. When I humble myself, when I lose all my strength and trust only in Him. Howard? Gabe? I must see Him as He is fighting for me. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. For me, for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever. Open your eyes. John is going to come before God the Father in Jesus Christ. Yeah, kneel before Him. I put there because you and I are almost in the same condition. <laughs> okay. On His face before them. Seeking Him. Now, these are all typecast. Alright? So, Guess who I got to be? Satan. And I want to destroy the man praying, the child praying, the woman praying to Almighty God. And I come at him in any way that I can. You got to remember the devil is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And I want to come to him. And I want to attack him. I want him dead. For the thief has not come but forth to steal, kill, and destroy. That's who my enemy is. He's in a very vulnerable place. Right? He's turned away from his adversary and he's turned to the throne. He's before God the Father and Jesus Christ. But I've got a problem at Satan because when I attack him, the eyes of fire are looking at me. So no matter which way I come to him, no matter which way I go, 
I see him. I can't attack that one because he sees. And in a moment, I could be destroyed. Do you understand me? He wants power to get through the Christian life. He wants to glorify His Savior. He wants to stand fast. And that's what we think so many times. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand fast. The standing fast is done there before the throne. In His weakness, in His weariness, in His humility. But I can't get to Him because those eyes, there is flames of fire everywhere. Every direction. Every way I try to attack Him. I cannot when He's before the throne. Thank you, John. Does that help you have a better picture? See, we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings or infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. He knows. He understands. Everything is naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Can you see Him? Can you see him? When you see yourself fighting the battle and you don't think you can, don't make it about you. Make it about Jesus. You can't fight in your own strength. You can't win in your own strength. But you need to know God will do great things in his power if you will see Jesus. Do you see him lifted up? Do you? You can't come to him expecting because of who you are. You must come to him in humility. And seek him because who he is. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant for me, for you, and was made in the likeness of men. In being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, why do you think people swear using the name of Jesus Christ? Damning something in the name of God. You know, that's a curse word over in India too. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of things where? 
and things in earth and things under the earth. Satan doesn't escape it. He doesn't want to do it. But in the lake of fire for eternity, he'll be bringing up his eyes and declaring, Jesus is Lord. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You say, why is that important? Because if you don't understand it, you will be frustrated in your Christian walk. You will be weakened in it. You'll spend more time fighting in your own strength and less time letting God fight for you. How much do we do trying to do it ourselves and then when it doesn't work out, then we come to Him. Can you see Him? I am weak and lowly. He is Lord God Almighty. Lord God Almighty. And because of that, the Apostle Paul could tell us in Philippians 4, he could tell us, turn there, Philippians 4. I want to give you more than just one verse there. Philippians 4. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. What things? Everything. Can you see Him? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how, know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, and both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. All things. In Christ. All things. It goes on there in verse 19, talking about missions giving, and he says, But God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When I do it God's way, with humility, in humbleness before the throne, and in obedience, God says, try me. And see now that I'll open a window in heaven and pour a blessing out. Can you see Him? No longer on the cross. On a throne in heaven. And to be on the throne of my heart. In your heart. See, there is a battle that we fight. And it happens in prayer. 
But there is one who's made us more than conquerors through him that loved us. Please stand. I'm giving you a little bit of a break this morning. God spoke in your heart this morning. Pastor Christian told me, he's my pastor, he's in glory. He's the only pastor I ever had. He said, Bryant, the one thing I don't understand, and he says, but I do understand this. When people come on a Sunday morning, they're coming because they want to hear from God. There's things in their heart and life. They're trying to be obedient to Him, whatever. And he says, and that's the most attended service of the church. And he goes, but Wednesday nights? Where the power is supposed to come from. Where two or three are gathered in my name and I in the midst of them. In a prayer time for the whole family of the church, it's the least attended. I asked you this morning, can you see him? Can you see him? If you can, will you come to him? And maybe your prayer life hasn't been what it ought to be, but it can be. Because Jesus said unto me, all those that come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Can you see him this morning? Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Can you see him? Do you come to him first with the trials of life? Or do you wait? God speaking to your heart, you come. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. And God, help me to see him. Help me to know I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Help us as a church family to take the great gift of prayer seriously and help us to come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need.